What is a Sungate moment? How is emergency medicine doctor like a jack-of-all-trades? What's it like to join the U.S. Air Force a week before starting third-year medical school? And how does it feel to know you've matched for residency months ahead of your classmates? Today on Talking Missions and Med Student Life, I interviewed Jesse, a fourth-year medical student here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Well, another great edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. I have a great guest today. Jesse, do you prefer Jesse or Jessica? Jesse's fine. Jesse. Yeah. Uh, fourth year medical student? Fourth year. How does it feel to be a fourth year? Oh, it's awesome. Is it the best year <laughs> of all the four years? It. I, so far, yeah, it's been really nice. It's actually sort of weird because I have a lot of time off, mm-hmm. and so I don't really feel like a student currently. But I go back clinically on Monday, so oh, okay. I'll be back to being a student again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's start in the beginning. Okay. Um, why medicine? When did you decide to become a doctor? When? So I have no medicine in my family at all. Um like no nurses, no, nothing. I come from a family of engineers and educators. Um, and I always kind of, I was really interested in the sciences. I always wanted to do the whole science route and whatnot. And I actually explored a lot of different fields of medicine for a while, trying to decide what it was that I wanted to do. I worked in physical therapy. I worked with a bunch of PAs and PEs just trying to decide if it really wanted to go to medical school because it was a, it's a big decision, yeah, right? It's a, a big, huge decision, yeah. <laughs> it's like, is that really the route I want to go down? Um, and then officially I yeah, decided that's what I wanted to do, applied to medical school twice. Uh, we'll talk about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, it's been a really great decision. It was not an easy decision, but definitely one that I don't regret making. What were some of the activities you were doing before med school? To help prepare you for med school. Um, so yeah, I worked at a physical therapy clinic. I worked at Planned Parenthood for a few years. Um, I ended up being the research coordinator for the state of Utah for Planned Parenthood. Um, and I did some undergraduate research. I actually trained alligators to walk on treadmills. Okay. Did a National Geographic documentary through that. That was wow. <laughs> yeah, it's it like was... normal alligators or like baby alligators. Uh, well, so alligators actually only grow to the size of the enclosure that you keep them in. So they were. They were like adult alligators, but they weren't very big. I mean, okay. from like tip, like from snout to vent, they were like probably three. Sounds like they were sad alligators. They were probably not the happiest of alligators, but <laughs> <All right. laughs> they lived in Utah. I how'd can't imagine get, how did you get them on. How'd you do that? What's your trick? So you, you build an enclosure up. around them. Okay. Uh, so they really sort of have nowhere to go, mm-hmm. which sounds really terrible now that I say it out loud. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And then you just walk the treadmill, and so it's a lot of um, just having them walk on the treadmill and train to keep doing that, and so keeping them in that enclosure and keep the treadmill running. And I hope there was some science, some sort yeah, of Yeah, so we were looking at a ventilation study. Great. So, yeah, right. so we had them. We actually, like glued sort of this like ventilatory mask over the top of them and we were looking they actually have a muscle called the diaphragmaticus muscle which Mm -hmm. we assume is like the human diaphragm Mm -hmm. surprisingly did not change like tidal volume at all Mm. um so that was sort of what we were looking at is like did it really affect that and what and what that muscle actually is used for Mm -hmm. wow and and, uh, if i recall correctly you also played football I did. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Women's semi-pro tackle football. And it's pejorative to say powder puff, right? It, it is. is yeah. yeah. So okay. this is, yeah, semi-pro educate, NFL edu- rules. Educate me. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so powder puff is like sort of what you play like in high school, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you like dress up and like pretend like you're like, mm-hmm. and then they sort of like switch roles and the boys play the cheerleaders and whatnot. So this is not that. Okay. Um, and then there's also like lingerie leagues. This is also not that. Okay. <laughs> 
Um, full on tackle. Full on tackle. Because I remember very clearly. Didn't you show up to med school in a knee brace? I uh, second look day. Yeah. yeah, you blew out your knee. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, okay, second yeah. look day. I was on crutches. I okay, blew out my that's knee. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a little worried about like because we do the like scavenger hunt, yeah. and I'm like, your I don't know how much. Exactly. Yeah, it was yeah. really hard for yeah. me not to like want to like run on these crutches, and yeah. it was yeah. Okay, and then you applied <laughs> twice. I did. Yeah. So speak to those who may have not gotten in the first year. Yeah, for my what, what would you recommend? What was your mindset? The I mean it's so I think all of us applying to medical school, we've su- excelled and succeeded in so many different areas and that's like a it's a blow, right? You're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I I didn't succeed in this avenue that I tried really hard for." Um and so it was a lot of um pulling my resources and saying, "Okay, where where can I improve? What is it that um I didn't do the first time that I can improve on to do the second time. And working with my pre-med advisor was something that I was like, oh, I can do this on my own. I don't recommend that. Talk to your pre-med advisor because okay. that was huge. Like we actually like sat down and like kind of like hashed through things. And um, What kind uh, of feedback do you remember getting? Um, it was diversity in the activities that I was doing. Mm-hmm. I was apparently working with a lot of similar populations for a lot of my different um, mm. things. And so it was like, do some work with kids. And so um, do some work with, you know, elderly and different things like that. Um, and then also just making sure that I went through and edited things really, uh, like, thoughtfully. So I, I got an editor who, like, sat down and read through my mm-hmm. um, personal statement, read through all of the things that I um had put on clean up the grammar a yeah, bit exactly. yeah make Just sure like the ideas like, are coming through okay, exactly great yeah. yeah so that was really important wow cool all right and then you get to med school got to med school most surprising thing about med school oh most surprising thing about med school is oh, for those of you for hard. the vast majority of people have not been to med school <laughs> i don't know that's a really hard question the most surprising thing is probably what like what a community it ends up becoming hmm. um the, I mean, that's sort of like the point of white coat ceremony, right? It's like they're sort of bringing you into the fold and you are now part of this community. Part but, of the club. But yeah. it it's very true. Mm-hmm. Like every – like the attendings, like you never really feel like, oh, just, just a first year or whatever. People are like totally willing to listen to your ideas, totally willing to like treat you like an adult. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you're like, I'm a student, but I'm also part of this community and it's it's really impressive how much you get to be a part of that. And it's very cool. So, and would you say that extends obviously to your classmates? I mean, just kind of meeting people, second look day, orientation week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, very much so. And I'm actually so I'm one of the ambassadors for the School of Medicine now, and I'm mm-hmm. actually the co-president. So I've been selecting our new ambassadors, and so reading through these applications have been really cool because that they're sort of echoing that same sentiment. They're like, I've been here for six months, and like people really value what I have to say, and mm-hmm. our our class is. Um, this, the camaraderie within the class is really impressive and, uh, it's really nice to hear that even from the first years and still feel that sentiment. When I run into, as a fourth year, you sort of lose touch with all the other fourth years because we're off interviewing, we're off on a whole bunch of different, uh, elective rotations and all these sorts of things. And so when I run into my classmates, no matter who they are, it's really exciting. And you're like, oh my gosh, I missed you. We spent so much time together. Mm-hmm. So that's like really fun that like, even through these all four years, like even people that aren't my best friends that I don't hang out with outside of, it's really fun to see them and uh, you build this bond with your classmates. It's really yeah, impressive. It's awesome. Yeah. How hard was it? It's this the hard. hardest thing you've ever done. Would you say? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it right. is. And, and not for like the reasons that you would think like mm-hmm. academically it's hard. Yeah, sure. Um, it's, 
is definitely a struggle and there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through. And I mean, I think that's a lot of what, what this whole route is, is a lot of hoop jumping. I yeah. mean, especially now. Well, I think you've created some more hoops for yourself. I we'll have, talk, I have we'll created talk, more hoops we'll, for we'll myself. We'll talk about yes. some of those big <laughs> official military hoops. For, yes. Yeah, for, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I created too many of those, yeah. but um, yeah, there's a lot of hoops and it's a lot of hoop jumping, but I think emotionally it's really like really challenging mm-hmm. to learn it's it's a new skill to try to learn to um kind of balance everything um and i'm i'm a firm believer of i i want to be a doctor i want to be a physician but i also want to have a life that is outside of medicine mm-hmm. um and so i sh- make sure that that's a balance that i try to maintain mm-hmm. and um and that's something that can be really hard to lo- like to keep side of through this whole process. It's sort of consuming. Um, Where would you study? At home, library. What was your What was your secret outside like, technique? Yeah. For me, I had to be outside in the sun. Mm-hmm. So all of my board studying was done on a blanket outside with my dog, and like <laughs> it just in the sun as much as humanly possible. Okay. I bought a bike desk mm-hmm. so that I could like be doing exercise while I was studying. Too. What does a bike desk look like? Uh, so it's. It's basically a stationary bike with sort of a platform on top that I could set my computer on and, like, mm-hmm. write. And so I got the, like, extended side so I could like, have the computer and write at the mm-hmm. same time. So that was good. So you would pedal um, and yeah. study. I pedal and okay. study and right. watch videos, take notes, and, yeah. Are you doing that outside or is the bike inside? I would rotate from, yeah, inside to okay. outside. The bike was inside and then the Fascin- outside in the sun. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah. It kept me sane. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... What did you like more, the first two years of med school, or was more classroom based, or did you like the last two years, or was more like clinic hospital based? Definitely the last two years. Why? Uh, I think most of us go into medicine because we like working with people. Like we have this dr- drive and desire to to work with people to help people, and that's the most like cliche answer ever. But um, and. I would never write that in an application. Don't put the <laughs> I want to help people on your <laughs> – because it is cliche, but it is true. I think that's really like a lot of what we go into medicine for. And so I actually wrote a lot through my first two years. Um, I kept a uh, like a journal and I called them my like Sungate moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember was, the was, story from the white coat ceremony. Uh well, I. <laughs> I'll tell for, for all the people you had who, a lot of those for but. all the people who are listening who may not yeah. have been there. So, so um, uh, one of the SBOs who was talking at our white coat ceremony, student body officers, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, um, was talking about this the hike into Machu Picchu, mm. and his family went on this hike. Um, and there's like two ways to get to Machu Picchu. You can do like the four day big hike through the jungle, or you can take a bus and it's like a little twenty minute walk right mm-hmm. up to Machu Picchu. Um, and they accidentally walked sort of on the back, like backwards on the trail and up. They sort of walked that back uh, route up away from Machu Picchu, but on that trail, the backwards up on the four-day trail. And they came upon um, what's called the Sun Gate. And there were a bunch of people like hugging each other and crying. And they're like, what is, like, what's going on there? And they realized that it was the first time in that four-day journey that these people were seeing Machu Picchu. And it was like the first time you're seeing your like route like in your accomplishments it's insight and so he was referring to like med school and the white coat ceremony as your sort of sun gate moment mm. it's the first time that you are seeing all of the things that you've been working for for so long but you realize you still have more to go um and so i kept the this journal called my sun gate moments um and so it was like this is why I went into medicine mm-hmm. but there's still more to go about like different like encounters that i had that reminded me of like okay 
this is why I went into medicine. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I was talking earlier about how like medicine is really challenging um, like emotionally. And so by keeping these um, like journals and these memories, I was able to like refer back to like these moments that I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is really cool. I really like this. <laughs> Can you share some of your Sun Game Yeah. Moments? Yeah. So we have these um, – cool things in our first couple of years where I think they like they realize like you like we go into this because we like working with people. So we mm-hmm. have these uh, what's called ELOs. It's our experiential learning opportunities. Um, and they put us in the clinic and you basically just shadow. Um, but one of these opportunities, I was working with this little um, he was probably like six and I go in and I'd like take a history like probably really poorly because it was like one of my second times ever taking Plus six-year-olds usually don't <laughs> right have, yeah exactly they don't really have <laughs> a lot to say yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so his mom's sitting there and then i go out and i do my presentation to uh my preceptor we go back in together and then you know do a history physical on this little kid and um as we're like walking out of the room he turns to me and he goes you're gonna be a great doctor <laughs> and i'm just like oh my gosh like just losing it i'm like that's awesome yeah, they give you a little high five he totally did. Okay, and I was cool. like, I'm like, I don't know, because we were with them the whole time. So I don't know if his mom set him up to this or whatnot. But I was like, oh, that was like the warm fuzzies. This mm-hmm. was great. So that was one of mine. It was really awesome. And then like just things you learn that you're like, OK, this is really cool. Like, this is I love so this. A Sunday fascinating. Journal. I'll have yeah. to remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, really I encourage great. you to keep that in residency and when you're attending. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. All right. We have a lot to talk about. Yeah, so sorry. <laughs> what kind of doctor did you want to be before med school started? I thought I wanted to be a pediatric surgeon. So tell me about the metamorphosis. What yeah. happened and how did you change your mind? And um, was it third year that did it or – yeah. It was it was a lot of things. So I – like I said, I come from a family of educators and engineers. So I love the like surgery aspect of it um, and I love like building things and pulling apart. Like, like that's what we do in my family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just are weird and – build things um so i really knew that i liked hands-on and i didn't want to lose that um and then when during third year you sort of get this exposure to all these different fields and i was like i like all of this Mm. and i felt like in surgery you end up um almost hyper specializing in a lot of ways now and so you end up doing the same procedures over and over and over again and i realized i really like um diversity you know like new things and I'm sort of an adrenaline junkie. We can go back to the football thing, but yeah. like I, you yeah, like <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I, yeah, I Humble. like as fast, as fast <laughs> as humanly possible. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, and, um, so that's sort of where I came upon emergency medicine. And I was a little nervous because, uh, at our university, like at our institution, we can't work in the ED until you're a fourth year. Mm. And so I didn't get a chance to do an elective as a third year. So I basically had to come to the choice of working, uh, of being an emergency medicine physician, um, Solely based on what I knew about it, and then also just a little bit of shadowing. Yeah, and I would. And that was. <laughs> I would, and also would counter like most services, you end up going to the ER. Yeah. To admit patients or see or evaluate patients. So True. I guess maybe a little bit. I guess. Yeah. So yeah. you get a little yeah. bit of taste that yeah. way, and on yeah. your trauma like uh, yeah. surgery rotation, like you do the traumas yeah. and things down there too. So most most um, services know the ER well because you kind of right. go back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. 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 So, um, but you're right. Like, yeah, fourth years they get to actually do a rotation in the ER. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. the only time. Yeah, you get to be like a student in the ER. But, um, but yeah, you get you get some exposure in other mm. ways to it. Yeah. Uh, so I decided upon that because I liked yeah the variety there. I liked the procedural base, um, and then I liked that it was sort of you ended up being the jack of all trades. Yeah. And I really like that um, about 
EMED is sort of you have to know a lot about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how did it feel triage. choosing to be EMED without ever doing a rotation in it? Was it kind of terrifying. risky? Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying. Right. Right. I was like, am I doing this right? And mm-hmm. so I made sure that in my schedule, it was my first rotation after boards in mm-hmm. my fourth year to make sure that if I needed to change this last minute, I could. I thought um, third years can do electives like – do two two weekers or one four weeker during third year, or they don't not of EMED, not EMED. Why? Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. Well, We've, we should talk to someone in the dean's we office have, about this. We yeah. should. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we have tried to change it multiple times. I've talked okay. to multiple people about I thought it. You but can do almost anything during that. It's so, yeah. yeah. EMED's like the only one you can't. Is that more of a school medicine issue, or is that an emergency department issue? Uh, I think it's an emergency department. Okay, issue. so it might be their own. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I think. Because I know that Dr. Stevenson has tried to advocate for this a couple times. And even Dr. Fix, I think, has tried to advocate for it. I don't know who's the putting their foot down, actually. The anyway. bureaucracy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The man. The, the, right? <laughs> the powers that be, the powers whoever that be. they meet, maybe. Right. So you show up to your email rotation. And yeah. Day one. You love it? I did. Okay. Actually, yeah. Okay. I was like, okay. What do you love about it? This is really cool. Um, I, I like that I can be kind of a calming like force in some of in someone's potentially worst day of their life, mm-hmm. right? Like people don't show up to the emergency department because they're having a great day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like that people trust you and to trust you to do really well. And I like that you can like sit down and like have conversations with people, even though it's fast paced. I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of like succinct and brevity. And yeah. that's well, very you have much to immediately build their yeah. trust because yeah. you go from zero to 60 so quickly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I liked that. And I, like I said, I liked um, the procedural stuff and I liked that you're juggling a bunch of things. The way I describe EMED people is that we, we work hard and we play hard. Mm-hmm. Um, there's very much a mentality and uh, a personality that goes into emergency medicine. And I feel like I fit that pretty well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for, I, obviously I'm a psychiatrist, but yeah. part of my psychiatry training, I did one or two months in the ER as an ER intern oh, okay. at yeah. uh, my hospital in Washington, DC. Yeah. And I just remember like, you, you know, you clock in at seven and then before you know it, it's 7 PM. It's yeah. like on a 12 hour shift. Love that. And I remember that there was always the issue of like eating. You got to remember to go eat. And <laughs> yeah. I just remember behind. Yeah, you don't do that the, in the yeah, ED. Yeah. They, they have like the nicest spreads of people always bringing food in the yeah. ED because people just eat in between seeing yeah. patients. Cause you literally, and I remember like, Oh, I haven't used the bathroom. You're like, okay, I literally don't have five minutes to walk down the hallway and use yeah. the bathroom. Yeah. So I just remember holding it. I'm going, Oh my, this is so fast paced. And then, you know, it's, I'm pretty sure it's the same here. Like you have like when you log in and uh, we had this system where we would see every third patient. And so oh, okay. I, I, every yeah. time I would log in to do orders and write a little brief note, like I would just see my list grow bigger and yeah. bigger and bigger. <laughs> yeah. and, would, and like and they, they have the little timers and how long they've been waiting. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. And then those so are totally bu- yeah, what they yeah, ding so you on. Busy. Yeah. It's so busy. It's so busy. Yeah. yeah. It so is. it sounds like it's pretty sim- same out here. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the cool thing about it, too, is I love the ED because it's very much a team mentality. And that's mm-hmm. obviously – again, we could talk about the sports thing for days. But um, that's that's like my mentality. I really value what um, like everybody in the department brings to the table. Like the department can't function without mm-hmm. every single person that's there. Like all the nurses, all the techs, all the uh, – even like the like the people, the cleaning staff are huge. Like, oh, yeah. It, yeah. The department can't move without yeah. every single one yeah. of those people. And so they – it's like, – I don't see anywhere else in the hospital where everybody comes together for the common good kind of mm-hmm. like they do in the department. And I love that. That's something that I really like about it. So what would – I mean I assume you watch some TV. I do. All right. So what do you think is the biggest misconception of life in the ER versus 
like what they show on, you know, Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. Because it seems to me like most of yeah. these like medical dramas always kind of focused in the ER. So. Yeah, it's true. Um, I think that there's a lot more medicine that happens in the ER rather than I'm more glad procedures. to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, so like you, like if you watch Grey's Anatomy, it's the surgeons that staff the ER. Mm-hmm. There's actually ER doctors. Surprise. Okay. That's a real thing. Um, but there's a lot more like medical complaints too, rather than like, it's a lot of like, uh, we are not seeing MIs, like heart attacks all the time. Like that's mm. not something we, uh, we do see a, a lot of that, but we also are seeing a lot of um, like kidney infections or like people having like medication overdoses and all these different sort of things that mm-hmm. are more medicine and less like trauma based. Yeah. Too. I noticed that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the dramas, there's a lot of trauma. It's mostly trauma. And yeah. let's like, there's a trauma team here, Yes, but the ER docs kind of helped initial triage, Correct. but to a certain extent, they kind of step off and the trauma teams yeah. take them up to surgery. Right. We yeah. manage airway yeah. is a big thing. So we manage head of the bed and then the trauma team basically manage everything else. So we basically have neck up mm, in the in the ED um, for the traumas mm-hmm. and then the trauma team basically manages neck down. Another thing I, I, I don't – I think is fascinating about TV shows, there is always like these like terrorist or like security <laughs> problems. Yeah. I'm going – I can't think of a more secure place in the valley than ER yeah. because there's there's usually cops and security guards everywhere. We actually had Secret Service in there the other day too. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, it was pretty fascinating. <laughs> yeah, when the president was in town, I did not know this, but they actually staff a Secret Service agent in the ED in in the event that Some, the president would need to go to the emergency department. So I'm sure he waits in line with everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sure that's how that works. <laughs> All right, uh, so. Transitioning. Uh, another yeah. subject. Yeah. LGBT. Yes. Uh, what's your experience in Utah? So I grew up in Utah. Okay. And I grew up in like smallish town, Utah. Can we name the town? Yeah. Logan. Uh, Logan. Logan. Good old so Logan. It's, yeah. Right. Logan's great. Utah State. Um, it's actually not a small town anymore. I went back recently. Mm-hmm. It's huge. It's Growing booming. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Logan. Uh Great town. Wasn't really out there because I didn't really know to be out there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out in college when I was here. I went to Utah. I went to under, undergraduate here at okay. University of Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, came out while I was here. And then, I mean, I've been back and forth to Logan. But actually, Utah's been really great. Mm-hmm. Like, it's – the culture in Utah is very much um, a non-confrontational one, mm-hmm. which is sort of like stems really well for that community and for my community just because like people I've, I've never felt in danger like i've never felt like anyone has threatened my safety or anything like that and th- mm-hmm. i've never felt threatened because of my sexual orientation mm-hmm. which has been really great so um and the school has been like it's not hasn't been an issue at all through the school of medicine like it's it's a complete non-issue i mean there's obviously times like when i choose not to be like out but again that's not something that's Mm -hmm. it's not generally like i'm trying to hide it and it's never Mm -hmm. it's again like a time and a place like work is not always a place for me to like go talking about like my partner and i think that's probably true of anybody of any sexual orientation like there's an interest group right isn't there isn't i yeah Yeah, kind of i mean it it's Again, this is sort of where it becomes like a non-issue. Like mm-hmm. there is a allies in medicine group, which yeah. is sort of uh, for everybody. It's not just like the LGBT population. And we have uh, cool like socials and things. Um, mm-hmm. And so we have – which is, like stems the whole span of um, 
just like healthcare. So we've got people that come in that are that work down at um, what's it called? Uh, the no, the the AIDS clinic that we have here. Uh, They're like health educators down there. Yeah. I forget what the I, name I of the clinic the down there is. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, and yeah, people from all over the valley that mm-hmm. work in different facets of healthcare and uh, just like allies um, mm-hmm. for like LGBT people in mm-hmm. medicine. And it's been really cool. Because I get, um, you know, as dean of admissions, I get questions from the time to time. Because like there's like there's a perception that, oh, like, you know, because you're in Utah that you're not accepting. And I always push yeah. back like, well, you know, the student body is very diverse. Yeah. Wide variety of opinions, wide variety of backgrounds including LGBT issues and minority issues, like all these right. types of things. And I feel, this is my own personal viewpoint, that it's, the student body is large enough and the administrative, uh, the administration is supportive enough that everyone finds a home. And yeah. as far as I know, they're, like you said, non-confrontational, that people have been very accepting. Right. Yeah, I have yeah. not, I can't, I mean, I can't think of a single issue uh, that where my sexual orientation has been an issue. And I'm very like out of school. Like everyone in my class would, knows mm-hmm. like it's not like it's a it's obviously not something i'm super vocal about but it's mm-hmm. not something that's like i'm hiding either every okay. every right. single person in my class <laughs> would know okay. um and yeah and it's been a complete non-issue okay. and i mean i think that's the way it should be right i'm like right. yeah <laughs> all right so yeah next really talk good. about hoops hoops military oh my gosh uh, when did this enter <laughs> also help, me, help me understand oh this. my gosh so I always thought about joining the military before medicine, okay. before any of it. It was always something that was sort of in the back of my head. Um, my family is from like the religious group in Utah as mm. well. So they both uh, have served my, – both my siblings, I apologize um, – have served religious missions um, for their church. And so service was really big for me and like something that I always wanted to serve too. But mm-hmm. um, was I was not a part of the religion that they are a part of. And – so again, wanted to serve our like, and so the, like serving our country was something that was important to me. Um, but medicine always took first priority. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to go to med school, and that was like the plan. And I was going to do it. And then I was like, I can actually do both. Mm-hmm. Like I can make this a thing. Um, and I actually sort of did the non traditional route. I joined um, in my third year, like actually like the week before starting third year of medical school. So I have a two-year contract with a two-year service commitment. So they only paid for two years? Correct. Okay. Did you – would they have gone back and paid for your previous two years? They won't retroactively. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So – Which I don't think I would have wanted to do anyway. Tell me about the ritual. So – Yeah. There's Air Force, Navy, and Army. Yep. Which one – I mean did you kind of talk to all three or how did you come to that decision? I did. I, our, I don't feel like our school has a big military connection. So there, there's not a lot of people up here trying to like recruit you. I know a lot of other schools, there's like recruiters there all the mm-hmm. time. Um, here in Utah, I didn't really even talk to a recruiter until I don't even know what day. So it got really serious really quickly. Yeah. yeah. And, to, yeah and then I was like, I think I want to do this. And then I, I started reaching out to recruiters. Um, and uh, I also have like no military in my family either. Mm-hmm. And so the... I went with the branch that I could think I could convince my parents to be okay with. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell the Air Force I said that. Um, <laughs> so they had the nicest brochures. <laughs> Basically. Well, Do they have like this like like – like picture, and then like they'll put on like, a, oh, this is what you look like in the blues. This is what you look like we're in the green. They did yeah, okay. have that, but it was also like, mom and dad, like, where yeah. are you going to be the most safe? Where, oh, where are you going to be like oh, less away from combat zones? Okay. And 
Would you rather sleep in a jungle or in a base? (laughs) Would you rather sleep on a boat or in the desert? Yeah. Yeah. And well, it was funny. I went up to a Navy recruiter and I was like, all right, talk to me about the Navy. I don't know that I want to live on a boat. And he goes, well, you're all wrong right there. It's called a ship. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yep. Okay. <laughs> oh, all right. So, so I apparently am not meant to be in the navy. Okay. It's called a ship. Okay. Just anyone all right. View, FYI. FYI. For all it's the called listeners. A ship. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I actually have a one of my really good friends um, is did the army route, mm-hmm. and she um, joined and did the four year, mm-hmm. um, and then so air force, air force. Came up on the Air Force. When did you do basic if you only did a two-year contract? So it's called uh, – Or whatever they call it. The yeah, it's called COT. It's commissioned officer training. Okay. Because when you commission, it's actually like sure. the like the Senate has to approve you in things. Like you have to get like congressional approval. Mm-hmm. Surprise. None of this I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big black box joining yeah. the military. I'm sure it was a very small <laughs> application. Yeah. 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 Very short. Oh, my gosh. A couple pages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lots of signatures, lots yeah. of blood, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. all that. But uh, I did that. I actually had to, like, jerry-rig my schedule a little bit. Mm. So in order to do rotations during your fourth year, uh, audition rotations with the military, you have to have gone to commissioned officer training. Most people will go between their first and second year mm-hmm. of medical school when you've got that um, summer off. Off, I say kind of loosely, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um so I actually used my only elective time during my third year to go. So okay. I went the month during when I was supposed to have electives. And where is this? Where is – where was my elective? Cot, where was Cot? Cot is in uh, – it's Maxwell Air Force Base in Montgomery, Alabama. Ooh, great weather right here. It, it was January, so okay. it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Most people go in like July, okay. like I said, in the summer, and it's not So teaching fun. you how to salute – yeah. Did you get to go up in airplanes and jump out of them? Or no, yeah, no. See if you can real, pass out 20 no Gs. No real combat training. Okay. It's a lot of, um, you learn a lot sort of about. The culture. Yeah, the culture okay. of, of being an airman. Um, it was really neat, actually. Like you, like you leave caught feeling like you're actually part of the Air Force. Whereas okay. like before you kind of just feel like you're getting a paycheck for not doing a whole lot. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> All right. Yeah. And so you owe them two years or I'm. So how does this work? Kind of. I know. So it's a little crazy. So the military um, is year for year based on like your scholarship, mm-hmm. but also sort of based on your residency. So I – We'll talk about residency. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. just segue into that? We can segue. All right. Yeah. yeah. So doing emergency medicine. I am. Emergency medicine is still this weird field where most of them are three, but there's still some four. Yes. Is and it still that way? transitioning back to four. Really? So Stanford, where I interviewed, um, just became a – was a three-year and actually just came back to a four-year. I'm sure the residents who are there right now are just ecstatic. Oh, it's – they. it was funny. Actually, they talk about – like they picked a class that were like innovators. I mean they're in Silicon Valley too, mm-hmm. so they're going to like want to bring innovators into their school. But that was sort of the reason um, that they – pick the residents they did is they actually wanted people that were like willing to deal with uncertainty yeah. and change and whatnot. So yeah, it's been, I, I'm just blown away that change that everything like this is the only residency where there's just see like there's the three or four year track. It just seems weird to be everything else across the board. Yeah. It's like set and done set and done. Yes. But they're like, they're still like the three versus four year kind of camps battling it out. It is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Very interesting. So, um, did you so like with with the Air Force? 
do they have emergency medicine rotations that you did during the fourth year? Yes. Okay. Where'd you go? Yeah. So they have four programs for EMED. All right. Um, I went to Las Vegas, um, which is a joint program with Nellis Air Force Base mm-hmm. and then uh, UMC um, in Las Vegas. It's their okay. hospital training hospital down there. Okay. So did you do all four or you just did Vegas? I just did Vegas. I just did one rotation and okay. then I interviewed at all the other four Okay. Programs. And you interviewed all four. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And – the military matches earlier. It is. Walk me through your strategy. Like, how, how did you so, do this? How did you prioritize? Like, yeah. yeah. So for me, because um, people who go into, like, who join the military tend to have, like, one of two mentalities. They either want to be surgeons or they want to be uh, EMED people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a really competitive field in the military. And uh I was like, if I had decided on EMED before joining the military, I'm not sure I would have done this route because I was really worried that I had kind of um, like pigeonholed myself and might not be able to match um, with the Air Force. So I was really scared about all of this. What? Help me understand. Help us understand. Yeah. Why would you want a mili- What? What's What's the advantage of a military match in EMED in the Air Force as opposed to the civilian match such as – such so, as Stanford. I don't get a choice. Oh, okay. That's the thing. Okay. So that's the tricky part. So the military, because I joined the military, they sort of control my fate in that way. Okay. Um, so they can either – I have a couple of options. I can either go to one of four of their military programs. They can approve me for a civilian program or they can say, we're not training you any men at all. You have to We do, need you as a – We need you – As blank. Elsewhere. Yeah. And need then, you as a podiatrist. Yeah. Or like just a GMO, like doing um, just like just sort of – it's like it's like family med. What's a but, GMO? Um, so it's a general medical officer. OK. And you basically go to – Is that a flight um, surgeon? Kind or is that of. the old there is term? A, there is a flight surgery okay. route too. OK. Um, but yeah, those, I've heard those these guys terms. get to fly in planes okay. and the GMO officers basically just work clinics. OK. Um, basically it's like – excuse me, family med light mm-hmm. for GMO. Um because you're working with just a bunch of like usually young, healthy people. So you want the military. You want to be one of the four. Uh, I so I split my rank list. Um, I, Interesting. Yeah, I ranked two. So for me, because I had a two year scholarship, all of the military EMED programs are three years. Okay. Um, so if I went to a military EMED program, I actually had to add a year to my contract. So I got a two year scholarship and added three, and so I had to I owed them three years of service. Fun for you. Fun for me. Yeah. Yeah, so I had to decide. Once you invent that time machine, yeah. you can go back and change. Exactly. Your, 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 your. Like, was it worth it, you know, or which which of these programs is worth it to me to add a year onto my, onto my contract? I see. Okay. Um, so that's sort of where I made that decision. But so if you went to a civilian, you would only owe them two years. Correct. Okay. Correct. Interesting. Yeah. So you must have really liked the two military ones you ranked highly. Yes. Okay. Why? Yeah. I mean, what was appealing about them? Um. There's a lot of – so the four four programs, there's three that are basically civilian programs that are – just have like a military contract with them. Um, Where are those? So Las Vegas okay. is one of them. So yeah, you train with UNLV at UMC and Nellis Air Force Base. Uh, the other one is Travis Air Force Base, uh, which is partnered with UC Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, and they're partnered with Wright State. Okay. And then um, the straight military EMED program – um, so eight of the residents there are Army and eight are Air Force in San Antonio, Texas okay. at um, the San Antonio. And that's Military considered the best. Medical center. Um, 
It's yeah. I mean, so it's military emed is like emed plus a little okay. bit because you sort of add a little bit of like military medicine on top of it, and mm-hmm. so you you're still getting all of the emed training, mm-hmm. but they add a little bit of like military type. Like, do you do all stuff. your rotations in the San Antonio area, or do they like fly no, you they, out to like military bases, and that's considered a rotation? Um, so they don't fly you to military bases, but so they we have um. New York, you go for a month for toxicology. Mm. Um, you do go to Miami for a month to do uh, specifically only gunshot wounds. So you're basically called every single gunshot wound in the hospital. Um, and then you go to Houston to do peds and stuff. Um, and the reason for that, too, is because San Antonio is a big military um, population. And so they want to make sure that you're seeing enough diversity in yeah. the population as well to get all of those um, and see all the different things that you need to. Mm. Um, yeah, so those are the four different programs. Um, and then I, the way that I ranked it, the two that I felt really strongly about were uh, UC Davis, Travis, um, in, so that's in Sacramento, California, and then SAMC, uh, the one in San Antonio. Okay. And so those are the, the top two that I ranked. And then I ranked civilian, and then I ranked the other two, which mm-hmm. is still great programs. And like I said, they're still civilian trained programs, but mm-hmm. um, either and or not places I wanted to live <laughs> and yeah. or, yeah, things like that. And so this is October-ish you had to submit your list? Yeah. My rank list went in October 15th. Okay. And then when did you find out? December 13th. How were you between October and December? I was – and I Calm, wasn't – Oh, no. Anxious? What was going on? I was on? a mess. Okay. Because I, I was like – I it's out of my hands. I don't think I slept at all mm-hmm. for like that month and a half, two months. Um, it was a – yeah. Okay. It was really stressful. And I couldn't control anything either. Yeah. Well, it takes two months to run the computer algorithm, right? So, yeah. Apparently, yeah. yeah. <laughs> computers are very yeah. slow nowadays. Well, you have to get those note cards and yeah. feed them into the computer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was yeah. so bad. <laughs> and so ASEP, uh, which is like one of the big uh, – not military, but one of the national uh, emergency medicine um, conferences, mm-hmm. was in the beginning of November. And apparently all the military people met then and had already decided our fate by then, just hadn't rece- like released the results till December 13th. So like – it was common knowledge that, like, everybody – like, our fates were decided, mm-hmm. but we weren't going to find out till December 13th. So how would you find out? Uh, Phone call, email? Email. Um, or not even email. We, like, log into a computer system that's, oh, that's that boring. historically crashes okay. really Cause, well. Because, yeah, it's getting pounded by thousands exactly. of people from yeah. the country. Okay. Wanting to find out where they're going. And where would you end up? San Antonio, Texas. Congratulations. How's Thank it you. Feel? Uh, amazing. Okay. I'm very, very excited about it. Okay. Yeah. Very excited. I assume the program reached out to you later that day. Yeah. Okay. So I got a call from the program director. Um, I had talked to some of the people that I interviewed with, um, some of the residents and whatnot. I texted them and I was like, I'm coming to San Antonio. And they're like, we know we're so excited. And oh, they called cool. me and yeah. So I've gotten phone calls from residents and, um, they already started like a Facebook group for like the residents, the incoming residents. So we're all chatting, trying to figure out you know. housing. Yeah. Do you live on the base or how's that? Um, so you, you can do, do you yeah, one of two on the base? things. I do not want to okay. live on base. I don't, okay. but, uh, I actually want to buy a house. I want to adult a little bit. Okay. I know. Wish I me luck San in Antonio's that. San Antonio is affordable. Yeah, it is salary. actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Plus the nice part about being like military is I get housing stipends. Okay. So if I don't, if I don't live on base, they basically give me money to pay for my housing off base. Okay. So do you know your schedule already or? I don't. I I don't even know my report date yet. I we're hearing rumblings that it'll be June four. Okay. Um, 
just because I usually say like report a bunch of like the month of June is going to be like in processing and things like that. So the military so. match is much sooner than the regular nor yes non military match. Yes. How does it feel to like know your fate while the rest of your classmates are are I, I do not know their fate. Yet. I'm realizing how much I feel like I need to like do between now and then mm-hmm. and i'm really glad that i have six months to do that whereas like my classmates will have like three what kind of stuff do you need to do well like buy a house, buy a house and, yeah okay. and like figure all that out and uh, i mean i still also have some school to finish and whatnot too okay. but um yeah, ro- what rotations do you have left to do so i have put off most of them for this year so i actually have a pretty busy spring semester um so i start back in the icu monday fun times um, yeah mm-hmm. i'm actually really excited about it too um i'm in the shock trauma unit at imc be great so. for a future er doctor exactly yeah. that's kind of what i figured so i've actually stacked my uh spring semester to do more things that will help me in um emed so things that i think that are gonna make me a better emed physician so i'm doing like and I have advanced. I am still in February. Um, but I'm going to do diagnostic radiology. Um, I'm also doing anesthesia. So I can get in a bunch of intubations. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I have some fun things in there too, like wilderness med. Fun. And then I'm Great actually elective. doing yeah. a cool transgender health um, elective. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. I didn't even know it was an option. but I did not know that either. Yeah. I, see, this is what I learned doing the pod. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to do a transgender health elective that, uh, yeah, looks at, like, a bunch of different sides of transgender health and just... So what does the future hold for you? Do you think you'll stay in Texas, or is it too soon to say, or...? So I basically know that the next six years of my life are not my choice Mm -hmm. (laughs) because of the military. So I got three years in Texas, in San Antonio. I got three years wherever I get stationed after that, Mm -hmm. um, which is roughly ends up being, like, one deployment still, um, maybe two. Uh, I have my fingers crossed for Germany, but we'll see. Who knows? My my mind may change on that. My old roommate was uh, Air Force, and he they have this. I mean, they probably still have it. They have this point system. Yeah. And uh, when you're new out of residency, you don't have a, no points. So yeah. So he got stationed in Turkey in Surlik. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he, yeah. he talked about how everyone wanted to be in England or Germany. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your yeah. wish list. Yeah. Yeah, it's called a wish list for or a dream sheet. It's called yeah. a dream sheet for a reason. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they use the point system for the match too, actually, in military. So yeah. like you get ranked. So how it works is like you put in your rank list and they put in uh, their like point system mm-hmm. and then whoever has the most points gets their top choice and then whoever has the next most and then go to kinda go down that way. Mm-hmm. So Awesome. Yeah. Well, last this has been great, Jesse. Last question. Yeah, what would you me. what kind of advice would you give to you know, people who are listening, who are thinking about applying to medical school? Or maybe applied and get in the first time. I mean, what what, what would you say to those people out there? I think a lot of it um, is a lot of determination. It's deciding, is this what you want to do? And like really like asking yourself because it is, it's a big commitment. And so if it's, if it's really not something you have your heart set on, I don't like, don't do it. But if it is like perseverance is like truly key in med school. People, you know, say all the time, you must be really smart. I'm like, I not, I don't feel like I'm any smarter than like anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of just determination and a lot of perseverance. Um, so just making sure that like if this is what you want to do, like do it. Mm-hmm. Make connections. I think a life is a lot about like what connections you make, who you know, and like working, kind of working those systems and getting advice from people anywhere you can get it. Um, so things like this, like podcasts are like yeah. really helpful, learning little t- tidbits here and there and mm-hmm. then, yeah, networking and. 
I can't, uh, there's no way I could be where I am without like the hundreds and thousands of people that have helped me get to where I am. Um, so really value those relationships that you build with people. Yeah. But. Well, Jesse, it's been awesome having you on and I'm excited yeah, for you. It's like, you. like, Oh, the future is so bright. Yeah. I'm very You're excited. Be down kicking it's, it in San Antonio. And yeah. You'll have to come visit. It's, maybe in Germany. <laughs> maybe in Germany. Right. Could be. I just know but. one day I'll, I'll have, I don't know, something will happen to me and I'll, I'm just so glad I'll look up and then you'll be in the ER taking care of me. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool. Maybe. Well, thanks, Jesse. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.